0: Whatever past we have gone through, He sees our heart. And you know what? He wants to give you hope again. He wants to give you life again. He wants to give you peace again. Faith again. Restoration again. So if today you are seeking, you are saying, Oh God, I don't know if I can put it before you. I don't know if you will accept this worship. But Jesus is saying, Yes, bring it to me. Don't be afraid. Lay it at my feet. Surrender it before me. Bring it before God in worship. Lay your burdens down. He is Jehovah Nissi. He will fight your battles. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is your healer. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is Jehovah Shalom, your peace. Alright, we're going to dive into the Word right away. The text today is taken from Exodus 4 verse 1 to 2. And it says, Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a staff. What is that in your hand? And we've heard many messages about what is that in your hand, right? And what did Moses have in his hand? A staff, a staff. And he used this staff for many things because he was a shepherd. Yeah? So it was very simple. He used it to uh, chase away wolves that came and attacked his sheep. He used it to go hiking because he had to climb hills. So he used the stick to go hiking. He used it for many things. But God used that stick. God used him through that stick to, to part the Red Sea and so many other miracles. Yeah? What about David? What did David have in his hand? He had the sling. And He used it to bring down Goliath. What about the boy with two fish and five loaves? What happened to that? It caused a miracle to feed 5,000. Yeah? What about Peter on the boat? God, Jesus said, throw your net to the other side. And He brought in a whole bunch of fishes. So today, we're going to talk about three different people in the Bible who had something very similar in their hand. And that is A jar. So today's title is Bring Your Jar. Bring Your Jar. And the first point is the alabaster jar. The first jar we're going to talk about is the alabaster jar. Bringing to God. Luke 7, verse 36 to 50. Let's read it together. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had bigger debt forgiven? You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman. Then he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet but she has wet my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little." Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who forgives sin? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Go in peace. What an amazing Jesus we serve. Whatever situation we are in, we can come before Jesus with our alabaster jar with whatever that is so precious to you, come before Him and worship at His feet. He's not going to say, oh, you sinful woman, you sinful man. Sometimes we feel so unworthy because of whatever past, whatever we're going through. We may feel unworthy. Oh, I, right before coming to church, I yelled at my children, I screamed at my husband. Why am I raising my hand? My husband will just look at me and go, huh, such a hypocrite. No, God doesn't see that. He sees our heart, our heart of worshipping. Whatever past we have gone through, He sees our heart. And you know what? He wants to give you hope again. He wants to give you life again. He wants to give you peace again, faith again, restoration again. So if today you are seeking, you are saying, oh God, I don't know. I'm holding this so tightly, this treasure of mine. I don't know if I can put it before you. I don't know if you will accept this worship. But Jesus is saying, yes, bring it to me. Don't be afraid. Lay it at my feet. Surrender it before me. Bring it before God in worship. Lay your burdens down. Last week, Pastor Stefan had the garbage bag, right? And what was in the garbage bag? Burden right? Sin or divorce, whatever. He, he was crushing it and putting it in, if you remember that. All the burden that we carry around. Jesus says, lay it at my feet. Lay it at my feet. Come with a heart of worship. Come with a heart of worship. Just like the woman with the alabaster jar. If you feel unworthy, it's okay. He says, you are worthy. You are worthy. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. So, story time with Pastor Joanna. (laughs) All right, now I'm going to (laughs) just, I'm trying to match up with his stories, but it's okay. Anyway, when I was young, about 20 years ago in college, I was praying for my future husband, right? As all young women do. So I was praying for my future husband and, and Stefan was there, one of the top on the list. So anyway, um, one of the top. Oops, no, no. So I was praying for Stephen at the time. And then uh, we were already going to graduate and all that. But however, the Bible school that we went to were very strict about dating. So we could not date. He could not tell me he likes me. I could not tell him I liked him how does that work? Yeah. So it was difficult situation. We had to pray about it. And then we have to talk to our pastors. My pastor is all the way in Malaysia and he's my dad. So it makes it a bit more complicated. But anyway, I was praying. So it was a lot of things going through a 20-year-old girl. And so I was like praying and praying and, and just this burden, you know? And then we were going to graduate and he was going to go back to Germany. I had to come back to Malaysia. So if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. That kind of a situation. But when I had prayed and prayed and prayed, one night I sat down and I was just praying in my room, in the dorm at the time. And then I was praying and praying. And then suddenly, I just felt such a peace. I've never felt that peace before or after that night. That was the only time in my entire life I'm 41 years old, that I've ever felt that peace. It was a peace that I cannot explain. And I knew that He is the man I was supposed to marry. And God wants to give us that peace. Your faith has saved you, He told a woman. Go in peace. He wants us to have that peace, Christians. He wants us, church, to have that peace, that peace surpasses all understanding, a peace that you can go through life and people can see it in you and they can say, why, why are you so peaceful? There's so much turmoil going on, but you have such a joy. You have such a peace. Why is that? It's because you have laid your alabaster jar before Jesus. You have broke it at His feet and said, God, here it is. I lay it down before you. See, many times we pray We pray to God. We say, oh God, I lay it before you. But then we take that burden with us back home. And we're like, the next day again, again, I have to go through this traffic. Again, I have to meet my boss. Again, I'm fighting with this person. Again, I'm fighting. Lay it before Jesus. Lay it before Him. And when we do that, there's a different sense of peace that will come over us. Don't be afraid to say, God, this is it. Here it is. Let's not um, hold on to the pain. Amen? God wants us to worship Him from His heart. Matthew 15 verse 8 to 9 says, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. God wants us to worship Him with all our heart. With all our heart. Amen? Amen? Sometimes we don't understand why. We don't understand why we're going through certain things. But I'm here to tell you that He is Jehovah. He is Jehovah Nissi. He will fight your battles. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is your healer. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is Jehovah Shalom, your peace. Amen? And He is with you. This is not a far-fetched theory, but it is something real. This is something real that you can take home with you, that you can apply to your lives and to your children's lives, amen? And when we have poured out before God, it brings me to point two, the water jar. So the first was alabaster jar, the second is the water jar. When we have poured out before God, now God will bless us abundantly so that we can bless others so that we can bless others, bless those around us. And this story, the water jar, is taken from Genesis 24, verse 10 to 20. Then the servant left, taking with him 10 of his master's camels, loaded with all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram Naharaim and made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was toward evening, the time the women go out to draw water. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are here, uh, are coming to draw water. May it be that when I say to the young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll let your camels too. I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, "'Please give me a little water from your jar.' "'Drink, my lord,' she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, "'I'll draw out water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink.'" So she quickly emptied her jar and ran back to the well to draw more, drew out and gave the camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her and, and to closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his, his journey successful. This woman, Rebecca, was later on married to Isaac. And she, when she did that, when she gave, when she gave, she gave with abundance. She didn't hold back. She did it more than willing. He just asked for himself, but she gave more than enough. She gave more than enough. And sometimes it is hard to be generous, right or not? Sometimes it's hard. It's very easy to be generous with those who are close to us, to our family. Ah, come, come, I paid the bill. We're happy. We're happy to bless people. We're happy to welcome our family into the restaurant or into our homes. But then when it comes to outsiders, then it gets a bit difficult. It gets a bit hard. But I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about being generous with our kind words. Being generous with our forgiveness. Being generous with our compliments. Being generous with our prayer. So it's so important for us as a church to be generous to one another. Yeah? Now, this woman, she had to feed 10 camels. Who knows? Quiz time. Who knows one camel can drink how much water at a time? How many gallons? One camel. One camel can drink how many? Who knows? Raise your hand. Quick, 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 quick. Uh, I don't have sweet to give out. Okay, never mind. One camel would drink about 20 gallons of water. 20 gallons of water for one camel. He had how many camels? To those who are listening, Ten, thank you, Pastor Stefan. We had ten camels. He had ten camels. Twenty gallons per camel. A strong woman, any strong women here, can carry about five gallons of water, they say. Okay, we can carry about five gallons of water, and then it gets too heavy, we cannot really. So imagine how many times you had to go to the well, carry. And this is not like giving her family or her father. I mean, her father, of course, when Papa was sick, we all will go out of our way to get something for him because we love our Papa. But this is a complete stranger. Not just the stranger, the complete stranger's camels. What? And she didn't know she was going to marry Isaac. She didn't know what the future would hold for her. But God knew and God prepared her heart. She was a woman who was a generous woman. Amen? And um, another story time now about Tiana. Tiana is my number three, number three daughter. Beautiful, beautiful girl. And recently, she had, they had a Malaysia day in school. And so she, they were all asked to dress in their Malaysian attires. So, Punjabi suit, Lingga, Jiong Sam, whatever. Lah. And so two of her friends, her close friends, didn't have traditional attires. We church people, we always go and buy, right? But outsiders, they don't usually buy. So she, they didn't have, they didn't have attires. And so she came home looking through all the cupboards for attires for her friends. She went through and looked, and then she take picture and sent to them, which one you want, which one you want. And then on top of that, later I found out, she took it to school, she dressed them up, she brought safety pins, accessories, all this to beautify her friends. I was so impressed. I didn't ask her to do that. Teachers didn't ask her to do that. Her friends didn't ask her to do that. She did it because of her generosity. Isn't that amazing? And I was so amazed at her generosity that she was willing to do that. I had to tell her, and make sure it comes back. (laughs) But she didn't think about all that. She just gave. Yeah, yeah, what you want. And then she dressed them up and, and she won. But it's okay. (laughs) But she tried to dress her friends up as well. And I was so proud of her. That heart of Rebecca, willing to give more than enough for her friends. May we be like Rebecca, to have that water jars, not just for ourselves, but to bless those around us as well. Amen? And what about those who are not so nice to us? Is it easy to bless them? Oh, then it gets hard. Then it's hard. How do I forgive those who have hurt me? How do I forgive? How do I bless them if they have hurt me? Ephesians 4 verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Amen? Peter in Matthew 18 verse 21 to 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who've sinned against me? Up to seven times? Jesus said, no? Seventy times seven, ah." is it? No need to count. You're a fisherman. Don't go and count, count all. It's a lot, he said. (laughs) Forgive. Forgive those who have hurt you. It's hard. Oh, you don't know, Joanna. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know the pain I've gone through. It's not me, it's the Word of God. The Word of God says, forgive. And I'm speaking to myself as well. Forgive those who have hurt you. Forgive those who have said things against you. So hard. But that is what God wants. And when we forgive, whoever would foster love covers over an offence, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Love prospers when fault is forgiven. That is in Proverbs 17 verse 9. Love prospers when fault is forgiven. Don't you want your love to prosper? Yeah? Hurt people, hurt people. We've heard that a lot, right? Hurt people, hurt people. But loved people, love people. Forgiven people, forgive people. Prayerful people, pray for people. Amen? And so let's be bigger than that. Let's be better than that. Yeah, Forgive those who have harmed us or hurt us. And let's love, let's love one another. And this brings me to my third point, the oil jar. And sometimes we have given and given, and sometimes you feel you're at the end. You have nothing left already. You have prayed, you have been heard, you are at the end already, and you say, God, I have nothing left. Second Kings 4 verse 1 to 7 says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. And Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go around. Go around. Ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go and sell your oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Sometimes we feel like that. I don't have anything left. I have exasperated all my prayers and it's getting nowhere. I'm getting nowhere. Guess what? Look around. Borrow from those around you. The church is here so that you can borrow from them. Elisha told her to look outside. Look outside. Don't be so, it's just me, I have nothing, I'm gone, I'm finished, I'm I'm burned out, I have nothing already. No, you are in a church for a reason. You are in a cell group for a reason. Reach out to those around you and borrow their prayers. Talk to people around you. Hey, I need prayer. Hey, I need you to pray with me through this. You know what? Don't be scared. We Asians uh, like to keep everything to ourselves. yeah, I'm, I'm sick. Huh? And then we find out later, a few months later, this person went through some major surgery and all that and never tell anyone. Why do we do that? <laughs> Why do we do that? Let's trust one another. Pray for one another. We are here to be a family. Amen? And that is what a church is for. We are not here to judge you. Oh, you're going through a hard time in your marriage. yeah, see I know already. I know this is going to happen. I see your face, I know already. What is this? No, we pray for one another. Amen? Amen? Yes, it's so important. Of course, you talk to people that you can trust, your pastors, your leaders. Talk to them in confidence and say, hey, I need help. I need prayer. I need counselling. Amen? You're not alone. If you're fighting for your marriage, you're not alone. If you're fighting for your children's salvation, for your children's whatever they're going through, you're not alone. If you're fighting for a job, if you're fighting, don't fight anymore. You are not alone. Depend on prayers, not just from from yourself, but from prayers of those around you. Yeah, receive from others. So the third point is to receive from others. And when you receive from others, you will have a different sense of peace. Auntie Felicia was sharing with the ladies just recently. She said, uh, many years ago, she was going through a hard time and she was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? She, she, went, she told us the situation and it was, it was very bad and then she didn't know what to do. But when she went to the cell group, she looked at the workbook that there was there and it said, is your problem too big that you, you won't allow me to handle it? Is your problem too big that you won't allow God to handle it? Then she talked to Auntie Komala and they prayed together. And then suddenly, she felt a peace. And suddenly, she felt, this problem is nothing. And, and God just answered her prayer. After that, the problem went away. But it was because she prayed with a group of people and because she saw that God is a miracle-working God. Amen? So you're not alone. God wants us to have joy. He doesn't want you to suffer. That is not our God. He wants us to have joy, abundant joy. Yeah? Proverbs 17, verse 22, A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bone. John 15, verse 10 to 12. If you keep my commands, you, remain, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. Be united, Church. Pray for each other. Present your requests to one another. And and when we do that, things will begin to happen. Amen? So what kind of jars do we have? What kind of jars do we have? Can we have the worship team? Today. Do we have the alabaster jar? Are we saying, God, I'm going to surrender this treasure that I'm holding so closely to my heart. I cannot surrender. But you know what God says give it to Him are we having the water jar that we are just keeping for ourselves or are we blessing those around us using our talents to bless those around us pray for one another or do we have the jar that is completely empty I only have this much left I have nothing I have nothing God says no I have more for you I have more for you Amen so let's not hold back this morning, yeah? Let's encourage one another and say, let's do this. Let's pray for one another as a church. Let's rise to our feet. let close.